Just a couple of months ago, California officials were openly worrying about a drought currently affecting the American West that scientists think might be the worst in 1,200 years. And well, we're still in it. But something else is upon the Golden State. Rain! San Francisco and Sacramento had their wettest October days ever, and cities across the state set their own rainfall records. More is forecast in the weeks to come, so that's good, right? Ha, yeah, right. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. When it rains, it pours. And when it pours after a long dry spell, water can become dangerous. Fire-scarred land, see mudslides, devastate homes. Parched soil can't absorb the rain that comes. Water, water everywhere, and we're still in the brink of ruin or something. Yup, it's time for our monthly panel of peril. My colleagues of catastrophe, these experts of emergencies, those William Butler Yates of yikes. In this episode, the latest installment of our series, Masters of Disaster. Musica Maestro. And the wildfire chair, as always, is LA Times reporter Alex Wigglesworth. Hey, Alex, if it's raining, that means no infernos, which means you get to have a break until summer, right? Don't jinx me. <laughs> Occupying the coastal chair is Rosanna Shaw. If it rains, Rosanna, that means water level rises. So does that mean the coast is anti-rain? Hey, Gustavo. I would say the coast is more anti-Gustavo jokes. Oh, that's mean. <laughs> well, whatever, coast. I only like you in Laguna Beach anyway. Finally, our earthquake chairperson is Ron Lynn. Ron, can't we just get rain to drown the monsters that live in fault lines and then therefore end earthquakes forever? Yes, yes, that's the, that's the big plan. You, you've got it. Awesome. <laughs> I, I should win the Nobel Prize for that. Well, welcome all as always. And it, we'll start with Alex. And it sounds counterintuitive, but this year's fire season was poised to be pretty disastrous given the drought levels, but then it rained, so yay? Right. Uh, those rainstorms that started last month were kind of a mixed bag for Northern California. On one hand, people were relieved because rain like that can really help with fires that are burning. And once you start to get these rains, that pretty much means the end of the fire season, or at least the season of these really large, intense fires. But at the same time, these storms dropped so much rain up there, and they happened right after, or even while some of these fires were still burning, there was no time in between for the landscape to recover. So authorities were also worried about flooding and debris flows. Also, in Southern California, fire season is not over yet. We didn't get that much rain from these storms. It's too soon to say whether this specific string of storms is linked to climate change, but scientists say these rapid shifts from intense fire seasons to record-breaking storms will continue to become more common as the planet warms. You're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't when it comes to disasters in California. Like, okay, fire's gone because of rain, but because the fire just destroyed so much of the land, now it's all of a sudden vulnerable to flooding and mudslides. Yeah, this risk is especially high if it rains soon after a fire, but it can last for up to five years until plants that were burned grow back. That's because a loss of vegetation exposes the soil to erosion and ash and other burn material can kind of clog the soil and prevent it from absorbing water. That can make the rain run off the soil like it's pavement. 
All that can turn into a debris flow, which is when the water carries the loose mud, soil, and rock down a slope. When that flow is sandier and more water-saturated, it's called a mud flow, not a mudslide because Rosanna will yell at me. Yeah, can I jump in? I'm sorry. I need to set the record straight for the gazillionth time. I know people in California like to say mudslide and the quote-unquote news media, Gustavo, is also very guilty of this. But there's no such thing as a mudslide. It's a mud flow or debris flow, or it's a landslide, which is a totally different phenomenon. Ron and Alex have heard me go off on this so many times. A mudslide is a melted chocolate dessert, Gustavo. Ask any scientist. But mud slides, doesn't it? You have mud when it rains, it turns into mud. When it falls down like the hills, it slides. So mudslide, right? No, it's a it's a B grade melted chocolate dessert. Okay, I'm just <laughs> I'm pulled up the U.S. Geological Survey's glossary, and here is their definition for a mudslide. This is from the United States Geological Survey, and this is going to put you all to shame. Mudslide. An imprecise but popular term coined in California, frequently used by laymen and the news media to describe a wide scope of events ranging from debris-laden floods to landslides. Not technically correct. Period. Please see Mudflow, previous glossary entry. Mudflow, mudslide. Sounds like Texas. Ron, help me. You're your team mudslide, right? Well, I'm not going to get into it, but what I can tell you is, is that if any Californian should know about two things, one is a debris flow, which is basically when a lot of water falls down, a debris flow can happen you know, within minutes and send torrents of mud and water screaming down slopes and you know, can be potentially deadly. The other thing that people want to know about are something called deep-seated muds. Yeah, <laughs> you see, you want to say mudslides. <laughs> she almost said mudslide. Look at this. Ron, Ron is from California, and he almost said mudslide. He gives me crap about this all the time. He is low-key on team mudslide because he's like every single other Californian in this state. Good man. We were actually in the same meeting with a some USGS person when we heard that like oh mudslides actually don't exist and we both gasped we were like <gasps> we didn't both but, gasp um, you but, gasped and I said that makes a hundred percent sense and I will forever never use the word mudslide again so so deep seated muds <laughs> deep seated landslides again. Deep seated landslides are a thing. People in Orange County, you, you'll remember this: the the, the Bluebird Canyon a landslide that happened. It, I don't think it was even uh, very rainy when it actually happened, but it, over the many months of water accumulation, a landslide can happen, and it can also be very deadly as well. So, two things to keep in mind: debris flow and deep seated landslides. Fine, Rosanna beats mudslides. Landslides for the wind. But what about runoff, Rosanna? Because we're always warned in Southern California not to go into the ocean for a couple of days after it rains because of all the stuff flushed onto our beaches by these rains. Yes, a good rule of thumb is to wait 72 hours after it rains before going into the ocean. Some people I've talked to even recommend five days, especially if the beach is near an area where the river or an outfall dumps into the ocean. So basically, imagine L.A. County as a gigantic bowl tilted toward the ocean. Whenever it rains, the water washes off rooftops and down streets and sidewalks, and it picks up so much crap, trash, 
pesticides. Think about all the stuff you see on the streets. That all gets flushed out into the ocean. And usually if you walk out to the LA River or any other concrete line channel after it rains, you'll just see a lot of debris and trash along the riverbanks. And unlike our sewage, which gets filtered through a treatment plant before it's discharged into the ocean, this mix of rainwater and trash goes straight into the water. Think about all the storm drains that you see with the little icon that says, do not dump, goes straight to ocean or something like that. So whenever it rains, all the gunk on our roads gets picked up and remobilized. And you can really get sick if you swim in this water. And I've written about a number of studies that have found that the chemicals and rubber particles that comes off our tires also end up in the ocean. And some of these chemicals can be super devastating to salmon and other wildlife. So do we call that gunk slides? <laughs> I would say... <laughs> Sorry. Aha! You see? So much for, for mudslides. I got I you. With, I-, I can live with... <laughs> I can live with gunk slides. Thank you, Rosanna, for giving me that. We'll be right back. Ron, every cliched California observer has said that the state's always in this perpetual cycle of boom and buzz. But when it comes to rain in Cali, it's Seems kind of true. I mean, we go from drought to deluge again and again. Is that a real scientific phenomenon? And if it is, why is it problematic? So it is real and it's fitting for a state, you know, basically founded with a gold rush, right? If we have a gold rush, we're bound for a bust, right? So when we talk about climate change, it seems like we might expect that because it feels like we're in drought all the time, that it's going to be droughts forever and ever. But that might actually not be the case. I mean, think about the drought that we had between 2012 and 2016. It was a huge drought. It felt like it was going to last forever. And then lo and behold, in 2017, the heavens opened up. We have these massive rains. The tallest dam in the nation, which is actually in California, almost collapsed. And that ended our drought. But, you know, lo and behold, a couple years later, we're now in like a very another severe drought. So that's what climate change is probably going to do. Our droughts are going to get drier and our wet times are going to get wetter. And so this boom and bust cycle for our rains, you know, it really, it'll really show the phrase when it rains, it pours is really going to be a thing that we'll see in our future. Yeah, it's like anything's good when you're sustaining it, not in extreme. So this phenomenon that even if it rains, it snows, we don't really benefit that much from it because the ground can't even properly soak it all up. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like, our fundamental thing about our water system is that we get a lot of snow in the winter, and then it slowly, slowly melts for our, our just-in-time water delivery system. The problem is is that in the future, if if a lot of that snow falls as rain, we don't have enough water storage capacity, so it basically gets flushed out to the ocean. So th- that's going to cause real problems in the future if if a lot of our precipitation does not come down as snow. And we don't have any ways to be able to absorb it. Wasn't there something like Measure W in L.A. County? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, one of the things that would be helpful is to figure out a way to get water that falls from the rains (laughs) into, you know, into our underwater basins and that, that we can take that water later on in the future. That is something that folks are trying to work on, but there still needs to be a lot of work to do.
back to Alex, whether it's debris flow or landslides, and I guess not mudslides anymore, but what can we do about them like to try to prevent their damage? Yeah, there are things officials try to do when there's a big rainstorm forecast for a recent burn area. There are these crews called burned area emergency response teams, and they'll go out and try and stabilize things. Like in the area that was burned by the Caldor fire up in the Sierra Nevada, a bear team prepared for last month's rainstorm by doing things like laying fallen trees across bulldozer lines to hold the soil in place and putting straw tubing called wattles along stream edges to prevent sediment from washing into the water. Bear teams might also do things like putting down mulch to try and stabilize slopes, improve drainage by installing debris traps, or even uh, building emergency spillways. How about kudzu? Can we just grow kudzu and so it could take over all of California the way it's taken over the South? I don't know what that is. What is that? What is kudzu? Kudzu is like that big vine. Like it's a vine that they grew to stabilize um, roadways in 1940s in the South. And now it's taken over like big parts of the South. Didn't they do that with ice plants along the coast, Rosanna? Didn't you write about that? Yeah, that sounds like ice plant. Aren't ice plants terrible? Yeah. Our producer, Shannon, is giving us a annoyed look. (laughs) (laughs) Rosanna, if we're not going to do kudzu, what can we do to prevent the stormwater that does get into the ocean from being so disgusting? Yeah, there's been a lot of talk on all the things we could be doing with stormwater before it gets into the ocean. Measure W, which you alluded to earlier, is huge. A lot of people say these stormwater capture projects that will come out of Measure W could truly be a game changer. You know, rain gardens are another idea that I've heard a lot about. These gardens and other nature-based projects can be put in homes and parks and neighborhoods to basically trap polluted runoff before it reaches the sea. The idea is compelling. They're designed to remove toxic chemicals and metals and microplastics while bring more greenery and more nature back into a city. I was just talking to someone in the Bay Area who told me that a local rain garden was found to capture more than 90% of the microplastics in the water. So yeah, a lot of interesting ideas happening on this front. And with Measure W and this new influx of funding, it's really going to be cool to see what comes out of this in the coming years. All of this seems pretty basic. Like, let's capture more of our rainwater. Let's do things that can fight against this boomer bust phenomenon that we have in California. Why is it that we're just now thinking like, oh, yeah, like we should fight these disasters? It's because we're spoiled, Gustavo. (laughs) From the beginning, you know, if you think about the people who founded California as we know it today, we always thought that there would be plenty of rain from the Colorado River The Hoover Dam was built and our water woes would be forever gone. That's not really the case. And in fact, you know, the way we developed our water storm drain system in L.A. was really to line the river to flush out the rainwater as quickly as possible because we were afraid of flooding. And I mean, it was a big problem. I mean, floods would happen all the time until the L.A. River was lined with concrete. But now I think they're realizing that, hey, you know, we should do things like recycle water. And also, you know, we'll probably have to clean the groundwater basins that have been contaminated so that we can actually store water there and actually rely on it, you know, when times get dry. Um, I think, too, that so much of what we do with these solutions in general is based on how conditions were in the past, like how the rainy seasons used to be, how the fire seasons used to be. But what we're seeing is, you know, with the acceleration of climate change, Conditions are changing really quickly. And I do think that there's a disconnect between, you know, how we deal with things, like what we're prepared to deal with and how quickly we're seeing the effects of climate change accelerate. 
I, I come back to this a lot. I think about baseline theory and just this idea that, especially within the climate change space, that our baseline for normal keeps shifting. And every time we have another severe drought or another record rainfall, our sense of normal has shifted and It really does, I've noticed, affect our ability to act and to feel urgency because, again, our sense of normalcy keeps shifting. Yeah, leave it to California to make life-saving rain into something as a disaster. We'll be right back. And now comes our ending segment of Masters of Disasters, where we ask our masters what's making them happy right now, because we all need that. So, Ron, what's bringing you joy this month? Actually, the rain has brought me a lot of joy this month because it's been it's been so long. I was just thinking that like uh, our rabbit has never dealt with a very big rain in her in her whole life, so that's kind of the funny thing. So, I, I, does Jewel does Jewel like the rain? Uh, no, she was she was a little freaked out by it, but I guess that's that's a story of California, right? We're we're always freaked out by <laughs> by either rain or extreme drought. We're freaked out by everything. Oh boy, Alex, what what's bringing you joy besides Steve on your lap right now? Your dog. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's actually migration season for the monarch butterfly. And there's a grove up like at a eucalyptus grove up in Pismo Beach where they all gather. Um, and last year I really wanted to go, but there were only a couple hundred. But I'm hearing that this year there's like already 14,000. So Steve and I are actually heading up there tomorrow to check it out. Ooh, cool. Yeah, the monarch butterflies, an icon of California, severely endangered. Maybe there's hope for us if they're coming back. Finally, Rosanna, besides mudslides, what's bringing you joy this month? Honestly, it brings me so much joy to set the record straight finally on mudslides. This, this whole episode brings me joy, and I can't think of anything else right now. <laughs> Did you, Have you hit up the Oxford English Dictionary? I'm sure mudslides in there. I looked it up while we were talking, actually. (laughs) The dictionary, Merriam-Webster, also says you're wrong. When you look up mudslide in the dictionary, it says, one, refer to mud flow. And then two, it says a mudslide is a cocktail with coffee liqueur or cream or vodka. Kind of, again, a dessert. And it's a good dessert, mind you. I, I'm going to appeal this. All of California is going to appeal this to the Oxford English Dictionary. What does Merriam-Webster know? Who's Merriam and who's Webster anyways? Anyways, these are our masters of disasters. Ron Lynn on the earthquake and COVID-19 beat, Rosanna Shaw in the coasts, and Alex Wigglesworth with the fires. Thank you as always, masters. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, misinformation on social media is rampant among Latinos. What are social media giants doing to combat it? Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, and Melissa Kaplan. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editors are Shawnee Hilton and Lauren Rabb, and our theme music is by Andrew Epen. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us the Puccia Podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and the smadre. 
Gracias. 